1 Kings chapter 13, verse 1. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah by the word of the Lord unto Bethel, and Jeroboam was standing by the altar to offer. A prophet is going to speak to Jeroboam. 2. And he cried against the altar by the word of the Lord, and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, Behold, a son shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he sacrifice the priests of the high places that offer upon thee, and men's bones shall they burn upon thee. Jeroboam, the king of Israel, has been doing pagan sacrifices and causing the twelve tribes of Israel to do pagan sacrifices. So a prophet came and told him from the Lord that there would be a king born in David's house, which means it won't be Rehoboam, but it will probably be Rehoboam's son or another future king in Judah. And that king of Judah will cleanse the land of Israel by killing the pagan priests who Jeroboam set up, and he'll burn their bodies on their own altars. The worst thing you can do to a god is to desecrate their altar. God is going to desecrate all of the altars that Jeroboam set up to the demon gods. And the way he's going to desecrate those altars is by having these fake priests who serve over them to be killed and then burned on the altars. 3. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. Meaning the altar will be broken, and the ashes will be poured out. 4. And it came to pass, when the king heard the saying of the man of God, which he cried against the altar in Bethel, that Jeroboam put forth his hand from the altar, saying, Lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up, so that he could not draw it back to him. The king of Israel, Jeroboam, was in the process of doing an offering to a demon god when he heard this prophecy. So he stopped what he was doing, and he stretched his hand toward the prophet to tell his servants to go kill the prophet. But when he stretched his hand toward the prophet, it sounds like God gave him palsy or something that would cause his hand to not be useful anymore. And this is most likely his right hand, because most people are right-handed. So now his right hand is completely disabled, because he used it to order the prophet be put to death. 5. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Right then and there, God gave Jeroboam his sign. The altar broke in half in front of Jeroboam's eyes, right while he's standing there, and the ashes of the pagan sacrifice that he had on it were spilled out. Now these could have been ashes of an animal or of a child. I don't know, because the pagans sacrificed animals and children. 6. And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord thy God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored. And the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored, and became as it was before. Jeroboam asked the prophet, Can you ask the Lord to forgive me and heal my hand? And the prophet did that. Notice how in the Bible prophets care more about the people they're prophesying to than they do about themselves. Prophets mourn and cry over the lost salvation of the people. They ask God to forgive the people and heal the people. Moses did this every time the Israelites sinned. Moses would beg God to forgive the Israelites. Prophets today don't do that. Now, I'm not saying that there's no prophets today because two prophets are coming that the book of 
Revelation talks about. There will be two prophets coming to the earth very soon, and they are going to be just like the prophets of old. But the prophets that you see, for the most part, in TV and in the internet around the world today that most people are listening to, they don't in any way resemble the prophets of the Bible. They're not humble. They don't mourn for the people. They don't care about people. They don't ask for people's forgiveness. They don't enact out what they're prophesying. They don't fast. They don't wear sackcloth. And they don't tell people to repent. Oh, also the prophets in the Bible never take money from anyone, not even a penny. But the prophets you see today are constantly asking for money and receiving money. They walk around in luxury. They don't mourn. They don't tell people to repent. They don't ask God to forgive people. They don't warn people about their sin. So they're a complete opposite of the prophets in the Bible. And that's how I know that most of the prophets today are 100% fake. So this prophet prayed that Jeroboam's hand would be healed, and it was healed. Now, in the book of Job, you'll see that Job had to pray for his own friends to be forgiven by God. So it's always the prayer of the most righteous one who God listens to. He doesn't listen to the prayers of the unrighteous. And that's why, because Jeroboam was unrighteous, God would only listen to the prophet's prayer on his behalf. God wouldn't hear Jeroboam if he had prayed in that moment because he was totally unrighteous. So if you're walking in righteousness, your prayers are powerful, and you can pray that God will have mercy on other people if you yourself are walking in righteousness. That's why the New Testament says, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Now we can't make ourselves righteous. It's only through faith that we can live a righteous life. 7. And the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me, and refresh thyself, and I will give thee a reward. Jeroboam is trying to bribe the prophet. He's offering him money and comforts. And all the prophets in the Bible refuse money from people. And the man of God said unto the king, If thou wilt give me half thy house, I will not go in with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. The prophet is even going to fast in Jeroboam's presence. Because Jeroboam is on his way to hell. And so the prophet is continuing to fast on his behalf. You don't see prophets today doing that. Oh no, they indulge in all kinds of luxuries while they know the people around them are going to hell. 9. For it was so charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water, neither return by the way that thou camest. God told the prophet, Don't go home the way you came. And I believe this is to preserve the prophet's life because God knows that Jeroboam is still going to try to have that prophet killed. 10. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. 11. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and one of his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel, and the words which he had spoken unto the king, and they told them unto their father. 12. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went that came from Judah. 13. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon. 14. And he went after the man of God, and found him sitting under a terebinth. And a terebinth is like a pistachio tree. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. There was another prophet who lived in Bethel, but this prophet is dishonest, and he's going to try to manipulate the prophet who spoke against Jeroboam. So he rode up to where the prophet was on his way home. 
15, then he said, come home with me and eat bread. He's trying to entice the prophet to do what he wasn't supposed to do. God had already told the prophet, you're not allowed to eat in the land where Jeroboam is. 16, and he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. 17, for it was said to me by the word of the Lord, thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor turn back to go by the way that thou camest. 18, and he said unto him, now this is the conniving prophet who's trying to manipulate him the one on the donkey. He says, I also am a prophet as thou art. And an angel spoke unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thy house, that he may eat bread and drink water, which was a lie. He lied unto him. So how do we know when God's speaking to us? If God tells us something, and then somebody else says an angel told them something that's the complete opposite, how do we know? Well, this has happened a few times in the Bible, where God tested somebody. For instance, He told Balaam, the prophet, that he wasn't allowed to go and meet the pagan king the first time. And then he begged again if he could go. And then the second time, God said, go ahead and go. Well, guess what? God's first word was the true word. The second time when he said, go ahead and go, he was just testing Balaam. What we see in the Bible a lot of times is if you don't listen to the first word, God will allow you to hear a lie to test your faith and see if you're going to believe in the first word or if you're going to believe what you want to hear. Here's another example where the prophet was initially told by God, you have to fast in the land where Jeroboam is. But now he's being tested by this prophet who says, an angel told me that you can eat. Sadly, he's actually going to listen to the second word. But you and I know from experience of reading the Bible that it's the first word that God gives us that's the true word. If we don't listen to that, then he'll allow our faith to be tested by somebody telling us something different. 19. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. The prophet who spoke the true word to Jeroboam, he's now sinning against God. He himself is sinning. We can turn away from the Lord so quickly. And that's why we need faith, because it's only faith that keeps us from sinning. If this prophet had kept his faith in God's first instructions, he would have been fine. But he lost faith in those first instructions. So now he's sinning. 20. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. This is the lying prophet. He got a word from the Lord. And see how God can use you even if you yourself are in sin, just as God had Saul prophesy when Saul was in sin. Prophets today can prophesy, but that doesn't mean that they themselves are true prophets. 21. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, The man who spoke against Jeroboam was actually a prophet from Judah. He cried against him, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast rebelled against the word of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment, which the Lord thy God commanded thee, 22, but camest back and hast eaten bread and drunk water in the place of which he said to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water, thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulcher of thy fathers. This prophet's punishment for eating and drinking in the land of Jeroboam is that he will not be buried with his fathers. 23. And it came to pass, after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk, that he saddled for him the ass, namely, for the prophet whom he had brought back. Meaning, the lying prophet, the one with the donkey, gave it to the prophet from Judah, who had spoken against Jeroboam. 
24. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. It's weird that the lion didn't eat the donkey. And it's weird that the lion and the donkey are both standing by the prophet's body. They're clearly under the control of the Lord. 25. And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, meaning it was cast to the side of the road, and the lion standing by the carcass. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. 26. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who rebelled against the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion, which hath torn him and slain him, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke unto him. You might be saying, since the other prophet lied, shouldn't he be punished too? But I don't think the Bible explains that to us, what his punishment was, or if he even was saved. 27. And he spoke to his son, saying, Saddle me the ass, and they saddled it. 28. And he went and found his carcass cast in the way, and the ass and the lion standing by the carcass, and the lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the ass. The lion isn't even hungry. He just killed the prophet because the Lord caused him to. 29. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of God, and laid it upon the ass, and brought it back, and he came to the city of the old prophet to lament and to bury him. Now remember, God has already cursed the prophet from Judah, saying that you will not be buried with your fathers. The lying prophet is going to bury him in this foreign land, and that will be the fulfillment of that curse. He's going to get buried in a foreign land. 30. And he laid his carcass in his own grave, and they made lamentation for him. Alas, my brother. Well, that's good. So the prophet who led him astray and is actually responsible for his death because he lied to him, that prophet is burying him in his own sepulcher. Hopefully the prophet who lied to him is repentant. 31. And it came to pass after he had buried him that he spoke to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the sepulcher wherein the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. He's told his sons, I want to be buried in my own sepulcher where I've already buried the prophet from Judah. 32. For the saying which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places which are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. This prophet lied to him when he seems to be doing everything else right. But it's possible with all of us that we can sin in one area of our lives when we're obeying the Lord in all the other areas. That's human nature, and that's why we need faith. 33. After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way. He didn't stop sacrificing on pagan altars, even though he knew God had cursed him. But he made again from among all the people priests of the high places, whosoever would, he consecrated him, that he might be one of the priests of the high places. So he's still appointing fake priests to sacrifice to demons. 34. And by this thing there was sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off and to destroy it from off the face of the earth. The king of Israel is continuing to sin, and that concludes First Kings chapter 13.